If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Coaches, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, normally alongside TJ Rosine, but today I'm going solo with a special guest, Miss Kayla Smith, and we'll jump into her story here in a second. But before we do, let's get caught up with our friends over at Shot Tracker. We love the idea of teams at every level having access to the same stats and analytics as the teams in the NBA. That's why we're big fans of Shot Tracker. It's a new technology that tracks virtually every player's stat in real time, sending it and providing it to you in the moment. So you get all the data as it happens. And they've made it in such a way that's affordable for programs all throughout the United States. Make sure you check out ShotTracker.com to learn more about how you can get started with this game-changing technology today. I'm joined by one of my good friends, Miss Kayla Smith. Kayla Smith is one of the youngest uh, owner-operators within the Chick-fil-A uh, community. And first off, Kayla, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing so good. And I, I'm so happy that you agreed to come on, okay? Thank you. <laughs> because I think coaches, and I know for myself, we are fascinated and intrigued when it comes to this term culture, which is such a big buzzword in the coaching community, and we think about leading people and developing people and, and getting our players to another level, we look at different examples outside of the basketball space. We look at different professions. And for me and a lot of coaches, there's an intrigue with Chick-fil-A. Right. That's why I was excited to have you on because I, I want to kind of dig into that. Okay. Sure. Give a little backstory on you with Chick-fil-A, how long you've been in Sure. With Chick-fil-A and, and owning and operating your own location. Yeah, so real quick, been with Chick-fil-A for 20 years, um, mm. which is You basically a long started time. From, yeah. from the beginning. Started at the age of 14 um, and worked my way up through the restaurant, multiple locations, multiple operators that I've worked for throughout my time. One of those being my father, um, spent many years with him, um, really from the ground up, from dishes and kitchen to you know, basic leadership positions to managing restaurants and then eventually moving to corporate side and doing grand openings um, and working alongside of them. So my path is more of the internal path within Chick-fil-A. And then in 2011, I was selected to be an operator. So I've been in the operator role for, this is my seventh year. In my second location, I don't have two, but I started in a mall, which is typical, and then was relocated here to the Maryland area. Interesting. And, and you and I got connected because you are passionate about impacting not only just your store, right, but the right. community in and around the store. And, and we've done some work together through Lead'em Up with the Correct. local high schools in your area. Man, it'd be silly of me to just simply open up with this huge question of like what is the secret sauce <laughs> right literally and That's figuratively okay, <laughs> okay? but let, let's just kind of start from the beginning you know how much when you're kind of going through the process are you is it a difference in like the hiring process mm -hmm. that you see that like maybe that's where chick-fil-a may separate a little bit of like who you're bringing in and like 
trying to look for certain things when you're looking for different people mm-hmm. like what are some of the things you're looking for sure so we get a lot of applicants mm-hmm. obviously it's a hot place to work um especially in the last couple of years it's really hit the charts with young people people are starting to realize that it's a place that you can grow and develop and have leadership opportunities so we're getting a lot of applicants and a lot of interest in chick-fil-a really my main job is to make sure that the people that I hire represent not only me, but the brand as well as possible. And so it's a vetting process. Um, it's a pretty strict reviewing their applications, reviewing reference checks, asking the right questions. Most of our questions in the interview are going to be less about your skill set um, and your experience and more about your the makeup of who you are. So more, I'm going to say character based. Um, my goal is to figure out, do you align with the values that we have in, in my organization within my location, but then also within Chick-fil-A. Um, so there's specific questions I can ask to get to the, to those points that will help me then make that final decision. I'll tell you what in mind. Um, yeah. So one of our questions is teamwork, or one of my core values is teamwork. And so my question will be, when's the last time that you went out of your way to help somebody Mm. or, you know, that maybe you typically don't spend time with. And if they have to pause before they can answer that question, they're usually, it hasn't happened in the last 30 days or they're having to come up with something. (laughs) So let let me brush the dust off my mind here. Been a while. They're like, Oh, there's one time. And I'm like, (laughs) 2016. You'll be surprised that when you catch them off guard with the value questions, um, if they have to pause, that's typically something that I'm I'm looking for. Like, okay, well, why did they pause? Are they now? Can you take the wrong person and make them right? Uh-huh. Like, I mean, do you give yourself flyers to try that, and does it actually prove to be successful, or do you find yourself like, I need to stick with what uh-huh. I do? I think the main thing for me is to not have so many people projects, and so I have mm. to be careful because I am at the at the end of the day, I'm running a business that has to be profitable, right? So. Um, I'm not in the business of personality makeovers or whatever that might be, but I've seen it go both ways. I would say fundamentally, it is very difficult to change someone's inner makeup. So if their values just don't align with what I want my organization to feel like, eventually they will either self-select out because they're not going to want to be a part of it. It's going to make them so uncomfortable that they don't want to be there. Or I will ask them to leave, but that's after a number of coaching opportunities. I absolutely love what you just said: self-select yeah. themselves out, that's right? The goal. And 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 that's so powerful. I think from a coaching perspective, like when we're trying to build the team of players that we want, like we want a certain personality, a certain character. That when you are doing things the right way and you're intentional with developing that. Players will either adapt mm-hmm. or they will back out. Oh yeah, right? Because it won't be for them, right? And that's fine. It like intrinsically will go against the grain of your, like your soul and your brain. So if honesty is your core value and I force you to be honest and hold you accountable, it's super uncomfortable for you. And so you're going to, you know what? I'd rather go work down the street where I don't get questioned on my integrity. Well, then go for it. <laughs> like these people are way too happy and I'm not a happy person. <laughs> I can't handle this yeah. energy and enthusiasm on a regular basis. Good. Go Good. somewhere else. You'll be happier and I'll be happier. It's okay. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, so, all right, so you identify the right people, right. you know, and you're trying and you're very intentional and very uh, careful and thoughtful right. through that process. So I think that's probably one thing that is a big differentiator. If I had to guess, I'm not in that industry, but 
I wonder if other places are a little bit more laxed on it. Yeah, I would guess so. Um, there is a war on talent right now, which is a catchy phrase used in our industry. It is very difficult to find the right people. And so a lot of people will just hire what we call bodies, right? Or fast food gypsies where they hop from one place to another. <laughs> and there is, you have to actively fight that. There's a phrase like, um, you would rather want what you don't have than have what you don't want. Mm. It is very easy to make a hiring decision. It is very difficult to fire. So I could hire 10 people today, but firing them is a process. It's not only legally messy, you got to have a lot of documentation, a lot of write-up, but hiring the wrong person for me financially, I mean, it's about a $2,000 investment on every new hire. I don't want to take chances. Yeah. If I can avoid that from the beginning, I would rather take my time and make the right decisions. And, and I honestly, like... So I'm, I'm so fascinated, and I love the parallels between sport and business yeah. and stuff because I think about from a coaching perspective too, like going through tryouts, identifying players you want on right. board, like bringing people on is, is easy, right? But when I think about every conversation I've had with coaches about walking away from a player, mm. sleepless nights, a lot of thought, a lot of anxiety, questioning, there's parents involved, mm. there's meetings with admin. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's a process, it right? Is. So like for us... It's a lot easier to say, like, I don't know if this is a good fit from the right. beginning and make that decision rather than trying to do it after right. the fact. But I, the intentionality is is key. But just bringing them in and having them be the right values doesn't necessarily guarantee they'll be successful. Like, you've got to continue doing things. Like, do you lock, and I'm being a little sarcastic it's with okay. this, but I'm kind of thinking maybe this happens. Like, do y'all lock new employees in a room <laughs> and say, this is how we act. Yeah. This is how we behave. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then like two days later, they come out just like completely like ready to go. Um, okay. So no, we don't lock them in a room. However, um, for my specific organization, there is a heavy emphasis on orientation which I think a lot of people breeze through the first day, right? Sometimes you're not even prepared for it. Their uniforms aren't even ordered or it's kind of sloppy, but day one is key. If you're not pouring the day to, into day one, um, it just sets the tone for what that relationship is going to look like moving forward. And so for me, orientation is very thought out, very specific. I put a lot of intentionality in designing that program to hammer down our values, hammer down what we stand for. It's not Here's my policy book. Read it, and we'll see you tomorrow. Like that's not the way it works. And that's that's how it works in some places. I would agree. I've agree. been in those places, right? right? Like this is what we stand for. It's our policy. Read through it. And it's like first of all, I'm not reading exactly. That. That's a big book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so very intentional in the orientation, right? Like. Is it primarily values? Is yeah. it primarily like standards? Yeah. I actually don't talk about any of my policies on day one at all. It's all about who are you? How do I get to know you? Here's a little bit about me. And then we'll talk about these are our values. This is what we stand for. This is what our corporate purpose is. This is um, why Chick-fil-A exists. We talk about second mile service. Um a lot of the catchiness, What's my that, pleasure. If you don't mind me asking. So second mile service is going above and beyond what the typical expectation would be for um, a customer interaction. So people expect the food to be hot, the place to be clean, polite customers, and for it to be quick. That is like the, the very basics of what every human wants from a fast food or a general experience with a restaurant. So our goal is to go and deliver above and beyond that, which is the second mile. It actually comes from Matthew in the Bible mm -hmm. where Christ um, asks them, you know, when the soldier asks you to carry his armor one mile, take it 
two miles. Mm. So go above and beyond to serve those um, around you. So interesting. So like orientation, is that something you are doing as the owner operator? Is that where you like, you feel like that's essential that you need to do that? So that is where I spend my time. There are operators that have delegated that out to senior level leaders. Um, I feel like I have the capacity to still do that. And I feel like it just means a whole lot more when the operator is there and saying, Hey, I know it's seven o'clock at night on a Tuesday, but this is that important to me that I'm going to be here and I'm going to meet with you. Um, there's just a different level of, uh, like a punch that, that, that brings to the, you know, I, I'm, I like that, right? Because you recognizing and identifying like, where do you think your time is when right. spent will matter the most? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you think that or, that orientation process, establishing the standard, establishing the culture is where your time is best spent. And I, I think all leaders, all coaches, we all need to constantly ask ourselves, like, where is our time best spent? Right. And, and that's why we have teams around us. Like you've got staff, upper level staff and other managers, coaches have assistant coaches, identifying like okay what's most important right and 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 that's just something you've identified as like what's most important for you right and it's such an easy thing to delegate and it's such an easy thing to say oh well you know someone else can handle that or someone else can do that that's not the best use of my time especially as your business grows and you experience you know massive sales volumes or your your schedules get more busy and it's like no this is fundamentally like this is the foundation and i have to be involved in every single person and it's interesting if you choose not to you'll probably be involved in it after the yeah because you'll have to do some terminations exactly you'll have so to it's like deal- well why didn't i just start from the beginning <laughs> exactly. i'm confused so like through that beyond the orientation like like let's talk about like daily day sure. in and day out like just continual like personal development continual focus on leadership continual focus on the details and the going above and beyond like how does that play out on a day-to-day ongoing to keep standards high to keep culture re- relevant and keep what Chick-fil-A stands for front of mind. Yeah. So it, it comes down to fundamentals. I mean, you practice the fundamentals every day in that way. When the moment counts, you can rise up to it. Right. So it's all those little things every day. It's leaders becoming servant leaders to their team and showing them like, not only do we say that this is important to us or is it posted on the wall in some catchy you know, phrase, but it's something that we actually do. And you have to coach all of those little moments throughout the day and remind them, this is what we do. This is what we do. This is why we do it. This is why it's important. Um, and you just have to keep hammering away at that and it will stick. Funny story. People know Chick-fil-A. They're always like, Oh, my pleasure. Everyone, you guys always say yeah. my pleasure. It's so funny. And um, it took true Kathy years to get that to stick with operators. He would say it from, um, the stage every year. What do we say? My pleasure. And people would kind of just go, Oh, that's just true. It's funny phrase. It took a long time for him to say that over and over and over. And then finally it stuck. And now it's something that we're known for, Hmm. um, across the, across the nation and the industry. So Uh, uh, props to props to him. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, sticking to what you believe in and like continuing to kind of push and push and push and, and eventually everyone getting it. So, it's interesting. A lot of the things you see based on what you're saying is it's not some magical recipe Mm-mm. to get staff. It, it's a constant day in and day out 
fighting for your culture. So our co-host TJ Rosine says it all the time. You've got to fight for your culture. Absolutely. Right? And he says every day, day in and day out, you've got to fight for it. You've got to identify little things throughout the day and just fight for it. And the moment you stop fighting for it, the moment it falls apart. Oh, absolutely. Culture is always going to be there, right? So it's if you don't take care of it, it's just going to change. So it's more of, do I want to constantly be fixing my culture or do I want to lead my culture? And that's what I have to decide as a leader. This is something that I, number one, I can control it. And then I, I have to, it's a responsibility that I have. How do you develop the spirit of ownership in your okay. staff? Right? Because I, I feel like a lot of that there, it's one thing to just go through the motion and do things like, my pleasure and, and at times do second mile and all that. But then there's a difference when like the staff actually feels like I get to do this. Like they know this is who I am and I take a lot of pride in it. And I get the impression that like individuals that are working in Chick-fil-A, like they feel like it's their Chick-fil-A. <laughs> they, they feel like they are owning this process that it's, they're as proud of it as maybe the owner operator. Right. Is. But like that, that is created. How do you create that spirit of ownership within yeah. the staff? So typically people come to work, number one, caring for themselves, number two, caring for their individual team, whether that's the front counter team or the drive through team, you know, versus the kitchen team. If they have any energy left, they might <laughs> care about the organization as a whole, but typically that's not intrinsically how we're designed. So my job and my leadership is designed to connect the dots of if you as an individual can contribute this way to the organization, the organization will give back to you in different ways. So it's, if you can do this and see how this plays out down the road, there's opportunity for you to grow, or you're going to leave Chick-fil-A with a resume builder, or you're going to, it's going to open doors for you with your sports team or when, within your youth group for opportunities to lead others. And so it's just more about connecting that story and saying, this is why we do what we say we're going to do. Um, and this is why it's important. And then you get to go do it. And I don't have to ask you to do it. Um, and there are people that will resist you, of course, but that's when we have to come in and say, um, is this the right fit for our business? Painting the bigger picture is so, so key. Cause a yeah. lot of staff and a lot of employees, a lot of players, they can't see it. Right. Oh and yeah. They, they, they don't recognize they don't it. They don't get it. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's fine. Okay. Yeah. But that's our job as leaders to help develop and, and right. show them the bigger picture you, you know so you can't be frustrated by the fact that they don't get it like no one's going to ever get it from my point of view i'm at a twenty thousand foot view down on the business and so i can't be frustrated with it it's just a matter of saying are there systems in place and are there people empowered to coach those moments um and it will stick a, a big word we talk about and one of my core values is stewardship hmm. um it is amazing to me how many people do not understand the definition of stewardship. Elaborate on it. Especially young people. Um, so our corporate purpose is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that we come into contact with, which really just talks about the extreme level of ownership that you should have over your business or anything that's given to you, even if you didn't personally pay for it. And so we talk about that a lot in the business. Um, I hired you to run the front counter register. 
or I hired you to work in the kitchen. You did not personally pay for any of the food or any of the equipment, but it is within your realm of responsibility to care for it as if you did. Mm. And then holding them responsible to that standard. So stewardship is a big topic for us. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. Hey, Kayla, let's take a quick break. Let's catch up with our friends over at Team Snack. I've I've got something that was said to you by your bosses uh, maybe a year or so ago. I want you to elaborate on it, but let's take a quick break before we jump in. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, I'd like to share with you three tips that will allow you to become a better communicator. The first one, as you're communicating, become more sensitive to avoid filler words. We all know what they are. We've heard them many times. It's those little ums and ahs and likes and the various words that fill in the gaps in between our sentences as we're thinking and processing of what to say next. As a communicator, try your best to avoid those. Become sensitive and aware of when you're doing it and try everything you can to avoid them. Secondly, use silence effectively. Silence can be a great tool that will allow your players to think a little bit more on what you just said. Adding that dramatic pause that gets everyone to reset and re-engage and refocus. Use silence effectively. And the third thing, avoid rambling. If you can get your message said clearly and fully in less words, do it. Try your best. Minimize the word count of your messages that you're communicating to your team. Those three tips, when implemented, will allow you to become a better communicator. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping get everybody on the same page from coaches, players, and parents. Check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to get started. So Kayla, early on in, in one of our conversations when we were kind of building our friendship, you were telling me how... When you first started as the owner-operator, there was a comment made to you, maybe in a review of sorts or maybe just a passing comment uh, by your boss or your bosses that said something along these lines, okay, (laughs) that if you continue focusing on results over relationships, you won't be with this company for long. (laughs) something along those lines that if you keep focusing on results over relationships, it's just not going to work out well for you. And I remember when you said that you did, you you said that, right? You're laughing. Okay. Okay. I'm just embarrassed. (laughs) But so I think that is the most fascinating thing because in a business, what bosses or what high levels think that way, right? It's almost the opposite when you think about how most people think, right? They're thinking results, 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 sales, sales, dollars, dollars, dollars. Where here it's like if you keep thinking sales, 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 dollars, 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 you won't be in this for long. You better flip your mindset, turn it back to the relationships. I'm fascinated. (laughs) One, were you taken back when you heard it in the sense of like the emphasis on it where you, you said you're already a little bit embarrassed, but Dig, kind of elaborate more on that. So, by nature, I'm a little bit more of an ambitious person, you could say. Um, I tend to just say how it is, and um, that's kind of where that came from. I was a strong-willed, very young female leader. Is that ambition or something else? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got labeled a lot of things. Okay. Um, So... 
the feedback to me was that I would be successful in pretty much any other industry, um, given my strong personality, Mm -hmm. but that to be successful within Chick-fil-A, I really needed to tame down that side, but then also add to it the power of the word and. So it's valuing results and relationships, which I knew all along. I've been in Chick-fil-A my whole life, but um, from a core being, it was something that was just a little bit challenging for me. And so what we talk about within Chick-fil-A is it's the power of the word and. It's got to be both together. And as a leader, we have a natural tendency to lean one way or the other. We're either naturally biased toward results or we naturally lean toward relationships. And typically, we're kind of at odds with any leader that might lean the opposite direction. So um, I'm a strong leader and I like results. Get it done now. I shouldn't have to ask questions. I've already told you once is kind of my mind frame. But I tend to forget about context where there's humans and they have stories and lives and wishes and things like that going on. So I had to force myself to really step back and say, people are, I cannot do what I do without my team. They are everything to what my business stands for. And I have to intentionally spend time with them and care for them so that they will take care of my own business. It's just a cyclical relationship. And so, um, What's awesome is that you can build systems into your organization to help your, I'm going to use a weakness in quotes. It's not a weakness, but it's just the part of me that's not as strong as the other side. So I've built those in to balance me back out a little bit. I met you kind of towards the tail end of this process of you growing on the relationship side, Mm -hmm. right? Because I even told you when I first met you. That, that was a shock to me because I thought you were <laughs> such a relationship person because I'd been witnessing some of the things you'd been doing with your team and you do some great things and I, I'll just kind of praise you for a second. I mean, Kayla's over here, her seniors, obviously a lot of high school staff you know, that you, you hire, seniors, you take them out to a really nice dinner and a fancy stretch limo to yeah. kind of celebrate their senior graduation. Mm-hmm. You on Sundays, obviously you don't work on Sundays. I've seen you take your team to King's Dominion amusement parks and stuff like that like really just creating i saw you do a really cool kind of holiday raffle christmas party okay <laughs> that looked really really neat looks like you're doing all these things and i just was surprised to hear that that that's how you were because based on what you look like now what changed for you like how do you change your heart per se I'm not saying you had a bad heart by any <laughs> means but like how do you right. adjust your heart to be more relationship, to be more genuinely people focused. So for me, it was, it was intentional. It's sitting down and saying, these are the things that I'm going to highlight this year. I actually just had this conversation two weeks ago. I said, what are the things that we're going to highlight this year that are on the relationship side of the business? We're going to highlight birthdays. We're going to highlight honor roll. We're going to highlight any major life event that happens, whether it's a new baby or whether it's this. And what does that look like? Okay. If it's a baby, it equals this. It equals an email blast to the team, a photo, and we're going to have a gift bag for that person. And so I have to systematically design that because that's just the way my brain works. That's so good, though. That's yeah, so but good. people like, see it as just like off the cuff, like, "Oh, Kayla, remember my baby had a, you know, was right. born, or like I had a birthday, or there I was, I was on honor roll," and I'm like, 
Um, I, mean, I did remember, but I also have like a reminder in my phone that texts me your birthday. And I also have a calendar reminder. And I also have, you know, pre-made gift bags at my house. It's okay to have systems. But someone may take that and confuse it as that not being genuine. It's not being authentic, oh, right? Well, because it's more systemized. It's just like you've got it already. But but but, <laughs> but like it's not. The, but it's not, right? right. Like that's, that's how you are getting yourself there. And you now are becoming a lot more intentional and you feel it more, right? Right. And then it becomes a part of who I am. Exactly. Exactly. It's like two years oh down the road. Gosh. It's like you not praising someone for honor roll. Like, like that what? Would, yeah, you would never not do that now right. because it's become such a party. I remember my first ever boss when I graduated college. It's very similar. He had a closet full of gifts, hmm. and he would send he would send you birthday gifts. He'd send you holiday gifts. He'd send you gifts all throughout. Like he'd know your wife's or your spouse's birthday, and he would. He'd send them mm. stuff, and he had an admin who helped kind of facilitate that. I was always absolutely blown away that my wife would get a birthday card from my boss, mm. and on it, he would just he'd handwrite a quick note, just like "Happy birthday to you! Thank you so much for allowing your husband to be a part of our team." Just like, love are you, it. Are you kidding me? I th- but he also, I look back as he's one of the best people person. I've ever met. He's one of the best networkers. Like he just can connect and it's, he's unbelievable. And no surprise that those are some of the things he does. So, mm-hmm. so you started just kind of intentionally, right. was that the wake up call you needed? Was a conversation like that a year or two prior or was it kind of yeah. coming or maybe? No, it was ongoing. I mean, I've always known that I'm a strong willed leader and I've been given that feedback bef- before. I wouldn't say that I'm not a people person or that it doesn't, I don't enjoy having fun. It's just not my work personality. So I had to really just learn to exercise a muscle that just wasn't something that I was used to. Um, And now it's something that is more natural and it's more a part of my everyday. Um, I have an entire (laughs) shelf in my office. My office is very, very small. And I have an entire shelf that all it has on it is encouragement cards markers crayons colored paper anything to be creative and it literally has a sign that says encouragement starts with you Mm. and it's just designed that anyone can come in and grab a card or write something encouraging for somebody um and so it's about setting up their resources and saying hey like this may not be your favorite thing to do or something that's top of mind in this business but it's something that's important and i'm gonna like make it as easy as possible for you to execute that the perfect world is people would jump right into that, right? And like really embrace it and, <laughs> yeah. and your staff would just embrace all the different things, but that probably doesn't it's, happen all the time. Okay. Doesn't. So like I want to talk about accountability for a second. Yeah. All right. You, you go out and you, you establish what our values are, what we stand for, how we want to operate going that second mile, you know, but you just, you're finding things aren't playing out the way you don't, you got all this encouragement stuff. It's all good, but things aren't, the, the individuals aren't, adapting right? They're, right they're not buying in they're, they're still trying to do their own thing as they want to do it talk about your accountability what's that process look like are you constantly having conversations how do you keep the standard the standard yeah so definitely having a lot of conversations um one-on-one yes typically one-on-one um formal or like passing when i say formal like let's sit down you and i or like hey Hey, slide over here for a second and like, mm-hmm. let me just have a casual yeah. off the cuff conversation. I would say they're probably half and half because in the nature of my business there, you just don't have quiet time to pull someone always into a quiet conversation. So a lot of it is in passing, but there are a number of 
closed door or private conversations that go on. Um, reminding them of the values and saying, again, we talked about this. So it comes down to, it's not what you preach, but what you tolerate, right? And what you allow will continue. So it's about nipping it in the butt as soon as possible and having those reminder conversations before it gets too far down the line. And it's for us, it's a reminder of the commitment that they made to us. So at the very beginning in orientation, we talk about the values and we ask them to make a commitment to them. Okay. So then therefore any conversation that happens after that, it's, it's them actually, breaking them their commitment. Correct. And it's actually a really easy conversation to have because you can just say, Hey, I'm not really being picky and this is not coming across as like negative critique, but we talked about this being important and you made the commitment and I have to address it. Um, feedback can be direct and kind at the same time. And that's the way that we kind of function around accountability um, when it comes to the values. How granular are you on the details of your accountability? Like, are you addressing small things? Like, you they, they didn't say my pleasure once. You're like, in, in the office, come over. No, 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 no. Is it trends? Is it big things? How do you manage that? Okay, so if it comes down to procedural discipline, it's going to be in the moment. So, hey, it's two pickles on a butter toasted bun. Not my favorite, four. My favorite. I yeah. know. So Thank you, you got to so do it the right that. way. So I don't need four pickles. Just no. Just give me two. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you holding that You're standard. very welcome. So we talk about... <laughs> um, those are in the moment, procedural. When you come to values, that's a different conversation because that is so much more difficult for people to wrap their head around, especially a young teenager. So if somebody lies to me, and it could be small. Hey, did you ask your manager if you could come back here? And, you know, whatever you're doing. And they're like, yeah. And then I go up front and they're like, where's so-and-so? I'm like, oh, well, they just told me they asked you. And they didn't ask me. Uh, lie, right? Dishonesty. I will immediately correct that. It's like having a child. You're not going to let them get away with lying, cheating, stealing, being disrespectful. Even a side eye. We're going we're gonna to direct, direct that conversation. And it's going to be something that's going to be documented. What is, can you point to like one or two things, Kayla, that you would say like, and maybe it's just a repeating of some of the things you already shared, but like one or two things that have been the biggest driving forces to yeah. kind of establishing the culture you want to yeah. create. So number one, your leaders have to embody the values every single day. They have got to understand that it starts with them. The people are watching them. Their people are watching how you make decisions, how you carry yourself, how do you handle stress, um, how are you interacting with guests. We are the ultimate example. And it honestly starts with me at the top as the CEO of the organization, but it has to start with the leaders on the floor. Um, they say culture is caught, not taught, right? Mm -hmm. So it's something that people just pick up. Um, it's not something that you can always just hang on the wall and say, this is who we are. Um, the second thing I would say is just really building out celebrations and making sure that it's a part of your organization. So if you haven't had a time to think through what are the big moments that I can build some celebrations around, that's something that, um, that we spend a lot of time with at our location specifically. How much time are you working with your upper level management yeah. from a leadership development standpoint? I spend or, or a culture's development standpoint. Okay. So we meet, 
I meet with all of my leaders at least two hours a week. So we are constantly talking about obviously operational issues within the business or results oriented, but there is always a very large element of the meeting. I would say 20 to 50% of the meeting is about something to do with the culture of the restaurant because the, the, the biggest killers of culture are what? Like gossip, laziness, um, your attitude, selfishness, negativity. And so those things happen all the time. I have 92 employees that work for me for 16 hours a day. So believe me, there's these things exist and we have got to hit those things from the front end. And so we're constantly talking about who's, uh, who's not meeting the mark when it comes to our culture. Um, it's a lot easier to have those conversations right away than to wait and then have to drop the hammer on someone. Um, so caught, not taught. Yeah. Love that. Right. <laughs> We've referenced it many times on the show. I think Sam Allen, uh, one of our good friends talks about it all the time. He may have actually got it from Chick-fil-A because uh, he's attended a couple like Chick-fil-A. I don't think it's from us. I think I got that from someone else. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, wherever it came from, I absolutely love it. But how do you avoid bad days? You I mean, mean you personally. Me right? personally. Like, what do you do to make sure? Because if it is caught, not taught, mm. and you are at the top, the microscope is on you more right. than anybody else, okay? And your behavior, if not where it needs to be, will be replicated beyond and more frequent than any other leader in, in your in organization, right, okay? Right. So, like, how do you avoid or how do you maintain your spirit, like your temperament, your sure. behavior? So, I'm going to use the word self-care, which I know is something probably girly. Um, and can seem selfish, but it's not. So for me, it's about making sure that I'm the best version of me when I walk in the door, right? So for me, there's an element of spiritual part of my day. There's the physical part of my day, going to the gym and making sure that I'm relieving stress or I'm working on myself. There's quiet time. There's time with my family and my friends, making sure that I'm connecting with somebody that cares about me every day. Um, and keeping all of those things in balance will usually keep me kind of sound mind when I walk in the door. Um, but I have a little sign in my car <laughs> that's, this is so silly. I'm sorry, but I have a sign in my car and it says you are walking in as the CEO. And it just reminds me every day that even though it's Chick-fil-A and it's a fast food restaurant and I'm going to probably stain my shoes today, <laughs> you know, like it's still, I have a, you the tremendous responsibility. responsibility in every capacity, but mostly the way I carry myself. That's so good. Kayla, thank <laughs> you so much. I, I absolutely have enjoyed listening to you kind of share and peel back the layers of Chick-fil-A and, and all that it, it entails. Is there anything that, that you wanted to add before we kind of wrap up here? Mm, the only thing I would add that has helped me specifically um, is true as a leader, rem- constantly we, we kind of look for ways to grow, right? So we're looking for business leaders or we're looking for podcasts or books. I have an executive business coach that helps me, which has been monumental when it comes to my culture. Is that someone within Chick-fil-A? No, he's outside of Chick-fil-A. He understands the Chick-fil-A world, but he has been instrumental in helping me. I went through a chapter this year where my culture actually suffered quite a bit. It was quite different behind closed doors than I thought. Um, and so he helped me kind of work through some questions and, and peel back the layers and figure out why that had happened and how to fix it. Um, Shout out to you for having the humility to uh, inquire about it. Right. I oh mean, there's a lot goodness. of people that in your position, like, you know, it all right. Like 
I've got it all. I'm the boss. I'm not going yeah. to someone else and asking advice and absolutely humbling myself that way. I definitely didn't have the answers when it came to that. But this, the, the last thing I would say is from surround yourself with truth tellers. And these are people that are in your camp. They are team you, but they will call you out when it, you need to be called out and they will hold you accountable to the things that you said you were going to do or that you should have done. And so within Chick-fil-A, I have a couple people that I have surrounded myself with that have permission from me to give me solid feedback. Mm. And that's been vital for me. So, so good. Kayla, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking the time. I know you were busy. Listen, appreciate you listening, coaches. Let us know. You can always tweet us at hardwood underscore hustle. Let us know any thoughts, feedback on today's episode. I think you got a lot of it out of it. Why? Because I got a lot out of it myself. So my guess is you did the same. Appreciate you listening. I'm Adam, normally alongside TJ Rosine. Together, we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out.